In confusion and uncertainty, there emerges a guiding light, a beacon that cuts through the darkness. Welcome to Beacon of Truth with your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Hello and welcome to Beacon of Truth. I'm your host, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. And as St. Peter said when he was at the foot of Mount Tabor uh, with himself, Peter, James, and John, he said, it is good that we are here. And it is good to be here. It is good to be back on EWTN Radio once again. I want to say thank you so much to, to Mr. Uh, Warsaw, Mr. Michael Warsaw, and to Mr. Doug Keck. Um, and for uh, for Mr. Jack Williams and, uh, and Mr. Tom Price for uh, giving me this opportunity to be back with you again. I'm so grateful to God. Um, uh, and, and so what what is what is this show all about? Beacon of Truth. What is it all about? Because a lot of people have come to me at the at my speaking engagement said, "Oh, we missed you on the radio, Deacon. You know, we used to drive on my way to mass or drive to work and listen to you. We we missed the the camaraderie and all that. And you know, and quite frankly, I did too. <laughs> so 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 what what are we doing here on Beacon of Truth? So the purpose of the show is to help bring people to a deeper love and intimacy with Jesus Christ." And the one holy Catholic apostolic faith. Why? By speaking the truth in love, as Paul says in Ephesians 4.15. And so, what is truth? Truth is not a philosophy. Truth is not an idea that you form in your mind. Truth is a person. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In John 14.6, he says, I am the way, the truth. Not a truth the truth and the life and no one comes to the father but by me and so that's what we're focusing on look if 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 you want great apologetical answers to your questions you know you have open line you know you have uh called communion with dr david anders you have catholic answers those are amazing ways to get those questions answered if you have something on your heart if you have something uh you know, um, uh, uh, that, that you want to share about what's going on in your life and, you know, uh, and, and put your emotions on your sleep. That's a beautiful thing. Take two with Jerry and Debbie. That's awesome. If you want to talk about politics or the Pope or what's going on in the Vatican, you got EW10 News Nightly. You know, that's not us. That's not Beacon of Truth. We're here to connect your faith and a deeper, more intimate, more personal, more loving and life-giving communion way with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's what we're here to do, the truth and love. But you better believe it's going to be the truth. If you want to call in and be part of Beacon of Truth, the number to call is 833-288-3986. That's 833-288-3986. Or you can send an email, Beacon with a B, beacon at EWTN.com. Now, uh, I also have to say thank you and how grateful I am to the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. Uh, I'm broadcasting to you this very first show uh, from the Savior Pastoral Center here in the Archdiocese of Kansas City, Kansas. So I'm grateful to Archbishop Joseph Nauman uh, for allowing me to use this this space and 
and also to Leon Supernot, who's in charge of the diaconate program. I've been coming here uh, for a number of years now doing um, liturgical training for the men, the candidates who are going to be ordained to the diaconate later this year. This is my third cohort that I've been blessed to be able to come do this training. And, and uh, I'm going to be doing this show a lot on the road. You know, my travel schedule is crazy. You know, I traveled 257,000 miles last year, and I'm going to be fairly close to that again this year. Uh, and, and so thanks be to God, and technology is so good, I'm able to do it from the road. So I'm grateful to all of the um, people I'm going to be partnershiping with, the, the parishes um, that where I'm going to be speaking or giving conferences and, and, and allow me to do the show from there. So I want to send a special thank you to the folks here in the Archdiocese of Kansas City. I also spoke last night um, at a parish, St. Michael the Archangel in Leewood, Kansas. And I gave a talk on marriage and family life. And I want to particularly thank the pastor, Father Brian uh, Scheiber, for graciously hosting the event last night, and and Father Luke Doyle, um, and also Deacon John, who I uh, served with at the altar, um, you know, it was a wonderful talk. They had their youth group there last night, and it was wonderful talking to people afterward and and uh, sharing experiences of how God is working in people's lives. You know, when they when they hear messages of beauty and truth, how that moves them to deeper intimacy with the Lord. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example of what I'm talking about. So a few weeks ago, um, I was speaking at a at a parish, and a young couple comes up to me and they said, you know, Deacon, you know, we don't go to church. And I said, oh, oh, uh, but you're here. And he said, yes, because um, the only reason we're here is because my dad and mom, it's their wedding anniversary. And so when I asked them, what did they want for their anniversary present? They said, all we want you to do is come to the mission. So he said, well, okay, well, we'll come. And we showed up and, and we listened to you for this first night. And the guy looked me straight in the face and he said, if I would have heard preaching like that when I was a teenager, I never would have left the church. And I was like, I, I mean, I was taken aback. Again, what, is, what are we talking? It's not me. It's not about Deacon Howard. I am just the instrument. God's the musician. You know, when you go to a concert, you don't clap for the instruments. You go, oh, oboe, you did a great job tonight. Oh, guitar, you did a, you were fantastic. You don't clap for the, the instruments. You clap for the musician. So all praise, Psalm 115, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name, give the glory. So all glory, all honor goes to uh, uh, God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, in unity with the Holy Spirit. So that's what we're all about. And if you want to catch me, uh, I I travel quite a bit. I'm going to be traveling quite extensively, especially with Lent coming up. Uh, just go to DeaconHarold.com, my website, DeaconHarold.com. Click on Schedule. You'll see uh, a series of, uh, in the header, you'll see like uh, pilgrimages and schedule and, and contact me and that kind of thing. Just click on Schedule in the page header and see where I'll be over the next several months. I would love to see you in person. I love meeting people from our EWTN uh, family uh, on the road. So please Come and see me if you're in the area, and please make sure you come and say hi. I also want to spend a, uh, send a special shout-out to the show team. My producer, Ace is in the place, Ace McKay. Our call screener, Matt Gabinski, and our social media expert, Charles Burry. So I want to thank those guys for um, 
for uh, being here. And and uh, we're gonna talk, we're gonna talk about this first show. Well, a little bit about who Deacon Harold is. <laughs> so I'm gonna take a, a talk a little bit about my vocation story, uh, how I, I became part of EWTN. Because a lot of people say, how'd you get on EWTN? So I'm going to talk a little bit about that and talk a little bit about my work in the Lord's Vineyard. And and also, in, as part of that, my family's experience with EWTN, most, especially my, my mother and my father, who, uh, who both grew in their faith deeply because of what Mother Angelica uh, did here at EWTN. So I'm going to be sharing uh, that personal story for this first show. Um, so Ace, brother... Uh, how you doing? I'm good. I, I got to say, though, I'm a little upset that you said that we're not allowed to applaud certain musicians when they're on stage, because as a musician, I kind of like it when they go, give it up for, and I get to, you know. No, no, I said, I said you, don't, you don't applaud the instruments. You oh, applaud the, the instruments. Oh, yeah, okay. you don't applaud the instruments, you applaud the musician. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And we will be talking about music, you know. Um, both Aethys and I are musicians. He's probably a better musician. I, I haven't played seriously my guitar in a long time. I played in the uh, the B band in, in, in Notre Dame in the, in, the, in the jazz band there, and I played in the R&B band called The Groove, and I played on a couple of my dad's records. And, um, and so I still love uh, music, and, and uh, so we're going to be talking about that. Not just sacred music, but music in general. And, and, and what is it about music, hmm. no matter what type of music it is, that, that elevates us, that takes us out of ourselves, that in a, in a way points us toward our ultimate end, you know, life with God forever in heaven, even if it's just in a small way. Yeah. You know, so we're covering a lot of different things on Beacon of Truth. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you saw the Grammys, if anything, any takeaways for anybody added to your playlist as a result of that? You know, I don't watch television, so I, I haven't watched the Grammy. I, I can't even tell you in how long. Yeah. I didn't even know who was in the Super Bowl to somebody. I, obviously, I'm in Kansas City, wow. right? So everybody's wearing Chiefs stuff all over the place. So I said, right. okay, the Chiefs are there. Who are they playing? You know, so, um, yeah, but uh, no, I didn't watch I didn't watch the Grammys. What was your takeaway from it? Well, I mean, I was glad to see one of my favorite blues bands, uh, Larkin Poe, actually got the Grammy for blues, but then Lecrae walking away for both contemporary Christian pop and performance of the year. So for anybody looking for oh, wow. some good, soulful rap that's good for your spirit and your ears, Lecrae is definitely at the top of that list. And now Grammy Award winning. All right. Well, thank you for being here with Beacon of Truth. Um, if you want to give us a call, 833-288-3986. More Beacon of Truth in just a minute. With Deacon Harold Burke Sirius here on the EW10 Global Catholic Radio Network. I, 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 I'm going to say this right now. This is our very first show. But I, I think we're going to have the best bumper music of any Catholic radio show. That is true. <laughs> we're going to make that. that if, if they can say nothing else about this show, they can say that. Yes, yes, amen. Uh, well, uh, again, this is Deacon Harold Burke Sirius, speaking the truth. And today's topic for this first show is... Who is Deacon Harold? So uh, I'm going to talk a, a little bit about uh, my vocation story. I'm going to talk about how I got connected with EWTN. And I'm going to talk about really the impact of EWTN, not just in my life, but in my, in my family's life. 
Well, if you want to call in, just uh, call 833-288-3986. Again, that's 833-288-3986. Or send us an email, beacon, that's with a B, beacon at EWTN.com. Of course, before we get into our Psalms, we want to remind you that you can get EWTN news right to your inbox. Make sure you get Catholic news from a trusted perspective, and you can easily subscribe. Go to EWTN.com when you get some time today so that you can start getting those emails today. All right. And so, there we go. So one of the things that, that's going to be unique about Beacon of Truth, and again, uh, w- what are we doing? We're helping to bring a deeper love and intimacy of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ into the everyday lived experience so that truth is not just an idea. Truth is a person to, to help people fall more deeply in love, not just with the idea of Jesus, not to become a, just a fan of Jesus, but a follower uh, uh, someone who's in love and engaged uh, with our faith and in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And one of the ways we're going to do that, uh, we're going to have reflections on the Psalms. Um, I know one thing that was ver- that people still to this day talk to me about is when uh, on, on the previous show I was on with EWTN, they liked when I did these little short reflections on the Psalms. So I thought, you know what? Why don't we do more? Um, more on the Psalms. Where I'm breaking, we spend one segment of the show breaking open a Psalm and, and really showing people and feeding people with God's Word uh, in the Psalms. Because think about it. We, we go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, you know, we, we, you, after Mass, you say, oh man, that, that second reading by Paul, oh man, that really spoke to me today. Or that gospel, you know, oh, that's one of my favorite gospels, man. Jesus, you know, God, he's so loving, so merciful. But how often do you hear people say that psalm? Oh, that psalm, when, when, they, when they said that psalm, when they sung that psalm, that just, I, I thought they were talking to me. You don't really hear that that much. But yet the psalms are an integral part of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Think about it. Even in weekday Mass, there's one less reading. There's typically no second reading, but there's always a psalm, right? So the psalms are very important. So what I want to do is I want to um, talk about the psalm. This first week is going to be an introduction to the psalms. Uh, so again, so that when you go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, you have a, a deeper, richer experience of the scriptures, particularly through the psalms. Now, I was first introduced to the Psalms as a 14-year-old freshman uh, at my high school, St. Benedict's Prep in Newark, New Jersey. And uh, I, I thought at that time that I might have a vocation to the priesthood. Um, I remember feeling that uh, as, as a 10-year-old, uh, as, as an 11-year-old. Uh, and I love serving Mass. And so I, I, I've never met a monk before. And so when I got to St. Benedict's Prep, is, is, uh, which is run by Newark Abbey, um, uh, I, they had a come and see program. And so I went and saw. <laughs> and I ended up doing that program all four years of high school because uh, I really believed I was responding to the voice of the Lord calling me. Um, so my exposure 
to Psalms up until that time has was pretty much everyone else's normal um, exposure to the Psalms at Mass. And, and I'll just be honest, I really never paid attention that much to the Psalms uh, uh, as a teenager uh, at Mass. But when I prayed the Psalms in the monastery, when I started attending first midday prayer and then vespers or, or evening prayer, and then I started staying weekends in the monastery and praying all of the hours, matins and lauds and and uh, uh, known and, and vespers and compline, you know, it made an immediate connection to my soul. I mean, I just didn't pray the Psalms. I felt them deeply. They spoke to me personally, and I've been praying them ever since. Now think about this. When I first started praying the Psalms, I was 14. I am now older than 14. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in uh, uh, well, I just, I'm 57 years old. And, 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 and you think, okay, after praying the Psalms for all those years, oh my goodness, they're boring. Or, oh, I, oh no, not that Psalm again. I'm telling you, I have never felt that when it comes to the Psalms. So even though the Psalms are over 2,000 years old, and even though I've been praying them for over 40 years, they, they still retain a freshness that speaks to us with a poignancy at each part of our lives. So the way I was thinking and praying about the Psalms at 14, at 24, at 34, at 44, and at 54 have been very different experiences because as you go through your life, you're experiencing different things, you're your different things are happening in your life. You're at a different place in your walk with God. And the Psalms speak to you differently at those different points in your life. You know, and so and draw, you, know, you draw from those experiences. And the Psalms draw you in to deeper connectivity uh, with, with your life with God. Um, you know, and, and for me, um, they really help me to express the deepest purpose of, 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 of my life. Um, it really helped me to to make myself more aware of God's presence in my life. And then, of course, some of the Psalms you end up memorizing. You know, like, for example, when I stand in line for the Sacrament of Reconciliation for confession, one of the ways I do as I'm waiting in line is prepare myself by reciting Psalm 51. Um, and we're going to, obviously, we're going to talk about that Psalm. Um, uh, in one of these shows, we're going to go in depth into Psalm 51. Of course, that was the psalm that was written by David after his transgression with Bathsheba. <laughs> you know, so um, so for me, uh, the psalms provide a way um, into that unique and special place in my heart because there's places in our hearts that were that were only created for God. Only God can fill that space. And for me, the psalms provide a way into that beautiful, unique place in our hearts where uh, we're most open and we're most free before God. And the Psalms, for me, the Psalms draw that out in my life every day. Um, Now, Ace, I know you're not Catholic, but have you had any kind of like experience with with the Psalms in that way? Well, I mean, I remember early on as a kid, and this is going to sound like a joke, but it's the truth in Psalm 150, where it says, praise him with symbols, 
praise him with loud cymbals. So that gave me an excuse whenever my mom would be like, well, you're just too loud. Will you stop playing? So-? I was like, mom, <laughs> I'm just being biblical. I'm lining up with the Psalms. And she's like, Haha, you can use that once. And it's there. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I always tell people it's a great place to start when they have never read the Bible before. The Psalms is always a good entry point because you get little little morsels, digestible nuggets that you can take with you or what I like to now call memeable nuggets because a lot of times you see people posting songs on social media and that may be sometimes for people the first nugget of the Bible they see that day. So, you know, and then I was always challenged as a teen. I had a youth director that said, whenever you read a Psalm, even if, you know, the pastor gives, you know, a particular verse, individual verse, when you get home, go back and read the three verses before it, because there's always something great that's being said before that psalm. And so it, it was kind of a training ground as I got older to always read the three before. And then as I got older, I challenged myself, well, let's see what the three after is. Uh, but uh, Annette, she chimed in on YouTube, said, I love the psalms. It's definitely a daily reading for me. So a lot of people chiming in today agreeing with that as, as we make this a staple of Beacon of Truth, that it gives us more insight into verses we've heard. And, and you were talking even specifically too about, you know, when you read it and then reread it, how you grow and you realize that you've grown. And to me, that's my understanding of, okay, yes, this makes more sense to me now than the first time I read it. Exactly right, because the Psalms are composed under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and ultimately they point us to Christ. Amen. Right? So St. Augustine said that Christ is concealed in the old and revealed in the new. And so when we we read the Psalms, we pray the Psalms, we often have to pray them um, with, not fancy language, Christologically. Mm -hmm. In other words, we have to see the seedbeds of our relationship with Christ embedded in those Psalms. Because Jesus prayed the Psalms. I mean, some of his last words on the cross were for Psalm 22, Psalm 31. You know, and we're going to be looking at those psalms. We're going to look at, at looking at why Jesus prayed those particular psalms uh, on the cross. You know, so um, and so again, this first week is uh, when we talk about in this segment about the psalms. We're just going to go a little bit of history, a little bit of background. So when we enter into the psalms, you're like, ah, okay, now I know what I have a better sense of what's going on here with this particular psalm. Um, so uh, that's what we're going to be doing. So, um, so let's, let's dive in just a little bit here. So the Psalms are poems of praise. Um, in Hebrew, it's called the Sefer Telachim, or the Book of Sung Praises. Uh, so the word Psalm is actually not Hebrew, it's, it's uh, Greek. It comes from the word Psalmoi, uh, and in Hebrew, it's Mizmor. It's songs to be sung to the lyre. Not liar like, oh, you lied to me, but the, the, the instrument, L-Y-R-E, the liar. Um, and uh, uh, so, so that's what the psalm actually means. So basically, it's the Hebrew hymnal. It's the Hebrew hymnal. Mm-hmm. So just like we sing songs in the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, they also sung psalms, but they, the, they sung the psalms of praise during the, the Jewish liturgical services. In fact, all of the psalms, they're meant to be sung by the very definition. So all the psalms have a musical quality that even when the psalm is recited, so even when you're not singing it, um, and like often I pray the psalms privately because I'm, I, I travel, I'm, I'm 
almost always by myself when I'm traveling. And so, I, you know, I have my breviary and I have my psalms and I'm praying. Uh, th there's a musical character that governs the use of the psalms. And, and so, uh, it's, again, we're going to be diving into this. I'm so looking forward to it. But stay with us, uh, Beacon of Truth with Deacon Harold Burke Sivers. Uh, give us a call if you want to uh, chime in. We'd love to hear from you. 833-288-3986. Uh, Deacon Harold Burke Sivers, so glad to be back on the EWTN Global Catholic Radio Network. And the show is not just uh, live here in the United States. I also want to welcome uh, our listeners in Great Britain, in Ireland, and in the Philippines. You know, one of my favorite places uh, uh, is the Philippines. Been there four times. Looking forward to going back one of these days. The show team is our producer, Ace McKay. Ace is in the place. And our call screener, Matt Gabinski, and our social media guys, Charles Burry. If you want to call in and be part of Beacon of Truth, the number is 833-288-3986. Again, that's 833-288-3986. Or you can send an email, Beacon with a B, beacon at EWTN.com. Also want to remind you, if you missed Jerry and Debbie today with Take Two, you'll have a chance tonight at midnight Eastern on EWTN Radio to check them out. Uh, their topic today is um, coming up for tomorrow is going to be why didn't we get along, but today talking about DIYs. So I don't know, Deacon, if you do your own DIYs, whether it's home projects or whatnot, but... You know, some ideas might come your way uh, from take two. So that's tonight at uh, midnight Eastern on EWTN Radio and EWTN.com. All right. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, in this segment, uh, we're going to talk a little bit about who is Deacon Harold. Um, because uh, there are people out there who've, who've heard of me, but they may not know my whole story and how I got connected with EWTN. So. Uh, as I mentioned in the last segment, we're, we're kind of introducing us to the Psalms. Um, I remember, so I'm the first um, baptized Catholic in my family. M we're from Barbados. That's where I was born. My mother is the first Catholic in our family. So she was a Methodist, uh, converted to the Catholic faith as a teenager. She did not have to be rebaptized, just a confirmation and first Holy Communion. So I am the oldest child. And so when uh, about two weeks after I was born, I was baptized um, in, uh, uh, in Barbados in Our Lady, Queen of the Universe in Black Rock. So that was the, uh, the section of uh, Bridgetown, Barbados, where I was baptized. And, you know, thanks be to God. God is so good. The year after my mom died, God rest her soul. I miss, I miss her every day. Uh, I was able to do uh, a speaking tour in my home country including a parish mission in the church where I was baptized. And I have to tell you, um, you know, thinking about my life and everything that led me to that point, in a sense, coming back full circle to the, the roots of my Catholic faith, walking up to the 
place where the obviously there was a different baptismal font um but, but the place where the original baptismal font was there's a new font there now but but looking at that font and just kneeling in the pew thinking this is where my faith journey began in this church at this font you know my 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 catholic story began and i started to cry you know i was, I was remembering my mom I, I I was imagining her holding me over the font as Father baptized me. You know, it was it was a powerful, powerful moment in the Holy Spirit. And um, so we came to the United States, and my mom, boy, she made sure that we had a Catholic education that was so important to her. And I can't tell you how many times I saw my mom. Uh, she was a cardiac care nurse. She worked the graveyard shift at Beth Israel Hospital in Newark. And how, how many times she went to, to work with runs in her stockings or holes in her shoes because we needed stuff. You know, uh, my parents, uh, sadly, um, did not enjoy a very good marriage. She ended up getting divorced. And uh, so when my dad left, I kind of helped my mom take care of the family. And uh, my mom used to take us to church religiously, faithfully every Sunday. And I remember... She used to separate us in the pew. So I, I remember I loved going to Mass. I know that's really weird for a 9- or 10-year-old kid. Um, but I, I remember looking at the altar. I remember my mommy, mommy, mom used to sit me uh, at the uh, edge of the, uh, of the pew by the aisle. She would stand next to, be next to me, and then my siblings would be on the other side of my mom. And she separated us because I was laser-focused on what was going on at the altar. And I remember thinking... I don't know exactly what's going on up there, but I like it, you know. And then I got old enough to go to uh, to serve. Oh my goodness! I thought I died and went to heaven when I started being on that altar. Mm. And I, I tell you, even now, when I'm standing in the back of the church, like last night at um, St. Michael the Archangel in Leewood, Kansas, I deacon at mass and preach first before I give the talk. And I was standing back there holding the book of the Gospels, and I still get that same childlike joy. You know, just like when I was serving mass as a as a 11, 10, 11 year old. It, it it's it's hard to explain. It's just it's it's a, a beautiful gift from God. Well, and I know, you know, growing up in church, it was always I mean, and and I was in the household where, you know, you were going to church every time the doors were open. So it was never a question. And, you know, I remember learning, even from just watching and observing my own mom in the pews, like the way she was, you know, during communion, the way she was, you know, during the worship time, you know, and this was, you know, pre-days of where you lifted your hands and anything of that nature, if you felt the spirit move you. But, you know, my mom, it was, you know, when you're in church and you're talking to God or spending time with him, it's, it's serious business. And that always ingrained in me. Oh, absolutely. And uh, well, you know, I remember my mom kneeling me and my brother. My sister was still a baby, but I remember my mom kneeling us down, the three boys, and she would stand behind us and we would, she would teach us our prayers. Our Father, we repeat, Our Father, who art in heaven, who art in heaven. Our Father, Hail Mary, glory be to the Father, angel of God, mm-hmm. every night. I mean, I remember that. I mean, that's ingrained in my memory. And I, and I love that, that my mom, in a very beautiful, very simple way, teaching us to faith, handing on what she received herself to, to her children. 
Yeah. And that that was something that's that's absolutely beautiful. Well, and I, I see that with my wife and my kids now is that, you know, we still have teenagers at home and they even when they go out, like if it's a sleepover night or it's a you know late night movie night, even if it's because they know where bedtime normally falls for mom, they always call and they're like, OK, mom, let's let's do our bedtime prayer. And so they always Always, it does not matter where they are, they always call to do that nighttime prayer. So it is those rituals like that that, you know, we pass on to the next generation that allows a legacy of faith to grow. Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, and that's what happened in my case, you know. Uh, and then I mentioned the fact that I went to the uh, I, uh, Benedictine High School and did the come and see program. And I'm the first person in my family to go to college, went to Notre Dame. Uh, I chose Notre Dame over a secular school because it was Catholic. Um, you know, had, had an experience there, stayed and worked for a year, came back to Jersey, joined the monastery. <clears throat> and quite frankly, I was very happy in the monastery. Um, I didn't leave uh, initially because I thought I wasn't being called. What happens, my mom got sick. And um, she was on, um, for a little while, she was on life support. And my sister was still in high school. So my family's like, what are we going to do? You know, because they, they kind of always look to me. Right. And now I'm in a monastery. I can't just leave, you know. So um, Abbott, uh, the, the previous abbot, abbot, Abbott Melvin, was gracious enough to allow me three months out of the monastery to take care of my mom and my sister until my mom was able to go back to work. Well, in God's providence, uh, uh, I went to a wedding when I was out of the monastery of Notre Dame friends of mine and ended up meeting the woman uh, who would eventually be my wife. Mm -hmm. So God had another plan. We make plans and God laughs, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. So fast forward, fast forward. She's from Oregon, which is how I got from Jersey to Oregon, you know, because no one that lives in, in New York or Jersey would you know, ever think about <laughs> going past, you know, going past it. Because for us, Philadelphia is the West Coast. Right. You know, you know, so now I'm in Oregon and I've and I still and I dove into parish life. I was doing all this stuff and all, training all the service, St. Vincent de Paul, parish council, lecturing, all this. And it wasn't enough. And then that's when I discovered the diaconate and, you know, and, and that journey. So here's the first connection with EWTN. Um, our diocese at that time required master's degrees in theology. And we were using the University of Dallas. Now, at that time, Father Mitch Pacwa was teaching scripture. So all of my scripture classes were from Father Mitch Pacwa. And I got to know Father Mitch. And I have pictures of him holding my kids when they were babies. I have some beautiful pictures of Father Mitch and my family. And Father Mitch got to know my mom because my mom lived with us. In Oregon, so he got to know my mom, and it was just a, a, the whole thing was just a very wonderful, very beautiful experience. And I became a research assistant for Father Mitch. Um, and, and so, after graduation and after ordination, um, I was doing my law enforcement thing. I was in law enforcement for 23 years, and so I was doing my thing. And um, uh, one of my classmates, not from the diaconate, but Carl Olson. Carl is the editor of Catholic World Report and also an author for, uh, uh, for Ignatius Press. Um, he invited me to speak at his parish. And so I, I said, well, what do you want me to talk about? Because we wrote this paper in grad school. And, you know, you should, you should you know, talk about that topic, male spirituality. And so I gave a talk. And um, 
they wanted me to come back. And so uh, the second time some of the Catholic radio station was there, and they said, you should do something for us on the radio. I said, I don't know anything about Catholic radio. What are you talking about? I said, come to the station, come to the station. So I went to the station and ended up doing this little 30-minute show called Faith in Life. Now, a few months into that show, Jerry Usher, who we all know and love from Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. He's trouble. At, at, yeah, <laughs> at that time, he was the host of Catholic Answers Live. He had come to the station in Portland, Oregon, uh, Modern Day E-Radio, to help raise money for the station during a share He heard one of my little shows, Faith and Life shows, and invited me to be on Catholic Answers Live. I'm like, look, I can't be on a, 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 on a show like that. I'm just a schmo from Jersey. <laughs> Who am I? You know? And he, and he said, no, no, it'll be great. And so I did the show. Now, you understand, I didn't know how this worked. Father Mitch Pacwa hears me on EWTN, I mean, on, on Catholic Answers Live. He calls me and says, how come you're on Jerry's show? You're not on mine. Mm. I said, I don't know, Father. So he invited me to be on EWTN Live with him. So that was the first time I was ever EWTN. And I'll be completely honest, I was more excited about seeing Father Mitch again. Right. <laughs> I mean, because I thought, oh, this is, a, this is a one-off thing. I mean, I loved the tour, and I met Mr. Keck for the first time and, and everything. And uh, so I did the show, the one-off, and I went back to my life. And all of a sudden, these emails started showing up from Philippines and from Malta and from Nigeria. and from, I'm like, what did I say? Mm-hmm. I'm like, what is going on here? Next thing I know, um, Doug Keck calls, Mr. Keck, and he says, uh, hey, uh, we're getting a lot of uh, feedback here from your appearance with Father Mitch. Do you think you could take what you did w- with him and turn it into 13 episodes? I said, What? 13 ever and then and that turned into behold the man and then that led to the next series um um, um, um made in his image uh, on family life today and that led to the next series about the diaconate and that led to and so i have now nine series on ewtn um and, and so i i've loved being part of ewtn family it's really quite frankly changed the course and direction of my life um, it's really made a massive impact. And, and here's the impact it made on my family. Now, my mom um, always loved EW10. In fact, you know, I just, I just recently discovered this. Um, I was listening to Mother Angelica Live, and I heard, I heard my mom's voice. One of the people called in. And I said, wait a minute, that sounds like mommy. And I, and I said, and I'm listening. Oh, my goodness, that's my mom. She <laughs> called in to talk to Mother Angelica. So Mother Angelica is answering a question from my mother. And I said, what the? And, I, and I, so I, I went and found that show, and I downloaded it. Why? Because it's one of the few things, you know, I, I still get to hear my mother's voice. Right. I mean, besides our wedding video, which, of course, my mom's on there, and we interviewed her and stuff like that. But, but to hear her with Mother Angelica. To make that connection was just a beautiful thing, which I absolutely cherish. Um, and then, of course, uh, uh, we're going to talk about this probably a full show about God's divine mercy. But with my dad, uh, my dad was not a person of God at all. And it was by watching me. Well, he, he first watched part of my series for um, Behold the Man. And then he thought he was going to be watching me. 
but instead accidentally tuned into Mother Angelica. Mm. And he thought, oh, this lady's going to talk for a while, and then my son is going to make an appearance. Well, I never did. But he watched the entire hour of Mother Angelica. You got to understand, this man never went to church. Right. Not baptized. Never saw my father in church my whole life. The only time I heard him ever talk about God was as a curse. So now he listens to Mother Angelica and he starts, and I didn't know this because there was a time I didn't speak to my father for a while, uh, 18 years as a matter of fact, but that's a story for another time. But, but he started watching EWTN. And a year into his watching and learning and growing, he called me out of the blue and rekindled our relationship as father and son. And so, um, and, and fast forward, my father died. He died on October 5th, 2016. October 5th is the feast of St. Faustina, the Divine Mercy Saint. My father died, no, not, no exaggeration, no kidding, exactly 3 o'clock p.m. on the feast of the Divine Mercy Saint. As I was praying, the chaplet of divine mercy. Wow. Come on. You can't get a better ending to a story than that. Mm -hmm. And it all started with EWTN. So I get sick and tired of these people I meet. EWTN's for old people. EWTN's out of touch. No, they're not. You know, um, EWTN, I meet so many people who's literally, literally, their lives have been transformed because of what Mother Angelica did at this network, because what the network continues to do in the lives of people all over the world. There's not a country, I've been to 31 countries, there's not a country that I've been to where somebody has, oh, I love you on EWTN, I love EWTN, what EWTN is doing for my life and for my family's life. Come on now. That is from God. Mother Angelica, love her. You know, uh, she, she's amazing. And you're here, Ace. I mean, you're not Catholic. You know, and, and you're and you're part of this network. Well, and it's amazing, you know, the path because I, you know, growing up in this area, always aware of EWTN and obviously had friends who worked here. And, you know, after college, you know, a lot of people came here that are still here from college. They never left, which I think is amazing. Uh, so it shows you the longevity and, and the family atmosphere. Uh, but then to also have the opportunity to come back home. And, and I came back home because my dad was sick. And to be able to be here for them and, and to still and what I thought was going to be to bury him, he got better. And so now to still be able to watch he and my mom, you know, growing and loving each other in their quote unquote retirement, because, you know, like most dads, he doesn't want to sit still for very long. Uh, but it, it is one of those where when God calls you, it, it, you may not ever be or you, you, you may not ever be where you want to be or where you think you're called to or, or, or where you thought you would be as you go through your life and your ministry and your career, but you're always where you're supposed to be because that's where God intended for you. It's just a matter of whether we're at peace with it or not. Exactly right. Exactly right. You know, and I was thinking, you know, one thing, and this is, this is funny. I have to admit, it is funny. I hear more often than not, Deacon, you know, you're on EWTN, yes. You know, I, I, I remember the first time I saw you. It was the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. I got up to go to the bathroom. Couldn't go back to sleep. I turned on the TV, and there you are. So I'm like, wow, I, am I a cure for insomnia? <laughs> you know, people see me in the middle of the night. I, need to, I mean, I, you know how many people have told me that? I was like, okay, you know, that's cool, I guess, you know. Um, but, you know, I was thinking about this. What was it 
that my father heard that got him now the 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 drinking and all the nothing we couldn't get him to stop to change his ways my mother even when the divorce was looming couldn't get him to change there was nothing that that we did or could have said it my, my that that changed it but he watched by accident watched mother angelica now in that hour my father was and by the way he was 74 years old when he came to faith what was it that he heard from mother angelica that no one else could get that message across to him mm-hmm. but he heard you know what he heard he heard truth and because when i asked him about it later i said pop why did you keep watching obviously when i didn't make an appearance you figured okay well this lady's going to be on but my son's why did you keep watching he said she just made so much sense Hmm. that see that's what i want a praying that beacon of truth be about that just made so much sense (laughs) <laughs> right yeah. so, so so people are hearing truth they're not just hearing dogma or doctrine there's not just the, the heartfelt it's it's okay my here's where i am in my life right now i'm struggling right now he, I, i'm thinking about leaving the faith i'm thinking about leaving the church you know i'm frustrated because my kids are gone I, we, we have things that are going on in their lives people trying to make sense of this um uh, crook, as St. Paul says, this crooked and depraved generation, as, as our Lord says in Mark's gospel, this adulterous and sinful generation. There's so much out there um, to be frustrated about. But my contention is there's also a lot out there that's hopeful. There's so much out there to be grateful for. Hmm. There's so much out there that can draw us into deeper intimacy with our Lord. And that's what I want to focus on with Beacon of Truth, you know, um, so that more people can have the experience that my father had, can have the experience that so many others have told me, if it wasn't for Mother Angelica, I don't know where I'd be in my life right now. Look, I'm not saying I'm taking over Mother Angelica, I'm continuing what she did. No one can do that. Mm-hmm. She was unique, she was special, there was no one that will ever do what Mother Angelica has done. No one. But what I'm saying is that through um, this experience of, of witnessing to the power of God's love, it will draw people into a deeper intimacy. Because if you're, if, if you're in love, you can't imagine what your life would be like without that other person in your life. But yet we have so many people living their life that are not in love with Jesus. They go through the motions. They know stuff about Jesus, but they don't know Jesus mm-hmm. deeply, personally, intimately. Um, one of the things we're going to do uh, on Wednesdays, we're going to call it Word of God Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, we're going to take a passage of Scripture and we're going to break it open. Not just exegetically, like, oh, this word means this in Greek or this means this in Hebrew. No, not just that. How is this scripture bringing me closer to intimacy with Jesus? So you have to bring your Bibles. Mm. You know, what does Bible stand for? Basic instruction, 
before leaving earth. That's what the Bible stands for. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, so so you're gonna have to bring your Bibles, open them up. Let's let's dive into the Word of God. Let's dive into our faith. Let's let's learn to fall more in love with Jesus by speaking the truth in love, by looking at the scriptures and connecting the scriptures to our everyday life. And my hope is by doing that, these these Word of God Wednesdays, that when you go to the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. You're not just sitting there and the readings are coming at you and your mind is wandering someplace else. When you're hearing the readings now, you're saying, God is speaking to me. He's speaking to my heart, to my life, to my situation, to my circumstances, to my needs. God is speaking to me in and through his word right now. So that's my my prayer and my hope for the word of God's Wednesdays. And of course, with the daily reflections on the Psalms as well. So, you know, we're going to be very scripture-focused as Catholics so we can engage God's Word more deeply, so we can fall in love more intimately with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Right. Well, before we go today, I know that uh, Harper's been holding on, listening uh, Holy Family Radio in Louisville. Hi, Harper. Welcome to Beacon of Truth. This is Barbara, not Harper. Barbara. Okay, sorry about that. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to thank the deacon for... um, talking about the intimacy of Christ. That's a phrase that was really awkward when I first heard a couple of years ago that we could have an intimate relationship with Christ. And I think that's an awareness that a lot of people just, it doesn't hit them that that's a possibility, but that's the only way to go. And it rocked my world. So I think you're on target. Thank you so much, Barbara. That that means a lot. It really does. And so... Thank you for joining us today on Beacon of Truth. Our topic for the, to, to the next show, loved ones who are away from the church. Why do they leave and what can we do about it? Remember, you can stream today's show by visiting Podcast Central at EWTN.com radio. And may Almighty God bless you, keep you, and protect you till we see you again, my friends, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.